Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba da ba ba ba. Tonight on Black Girl Stuff. <laughs> right now on Black Girl Stuff. I'm in the shower. We just finished sleeping together or whatever. You know, be creative after. Ladies, there's always that one guy you regret sharing your goodies with. We're going in the comments to survey why a grown man would publicize sex with an ex. People are not prepared for what we've shown this season. It's taboo. And P-Valley's Lil Murder is taking us behind the sexy scenes of his groundbreaking series. That's why they call me Lil Murder. Talk about an emotional roller coaster all season. Average looking and medium self-esteem. Something like that. Okay. Plus, we're introducing a new way to find love. These men don't need you for your money. They don't okay. care what you right, do. Right. We've got a bona fide matchmaker here to help you find a high-value soulmate. All that and more on this new edition of Black Girl Stuff. Welcome to Black Girl Stuff, and it's always so much going on in a black girl world. Which is why it's time to go in the comments. And over the last few days, folks have been very bothered. Many women and some men felt some kind of way about Irv Gotti's choice to share what he alleges was a sexual relationship he had with the amazing Ashanti about 20 years ago. Now, let's go in the comments and see what people had to say about his now notorious disclosure. But first, let's hear from old Irv. So happy. Let me let me explain how the relationship and how it worked and how it worked to. Yeah, I'm dating at this point. Yes. Okay. So we're together, matching watches. I imagine you bought her watch too. I bought her mad shit. Okay. Okay. Birkins, all that. All right. I bought. She 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 gained. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I don't know about none of this. I just know. Okay. So you Switzerland. Stay out of it. I'm Switzerland. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just finished sleeping together, or whatever. Okay. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so one user said, I know Ashanti is cringing. We all have that one dude that we should have never let play in our panties, and here's why. And I definitely agree with her. Like, I got an ex or two I might regret. No, I don't want nobody to know. No. If I saw him on the street, I'm going to just keep walking, yeah. keep walking. It's, it's, sorry, it's, it's like, like, it's like what, what, what ex? What ex? Yeah. <laughs> well, for me, I'm just like, I don't have any regrets about people that I've been with in the past, but personally, I wouldn't want any of them broadcasting my name, especially in a public fashion. I feel like there's so much disrespect in that. What does right. that have to do with anybody else? Now, right. if we're talking about an intimate partner, so yeah. let's say I'm with a new man and he wants to know, like, you know, have you been with anybody that maybe I know? I'll tell him. That's right. a personal, intimate Facts. thing. I mean, I would you, you wouldn't want somebody, you know No, what I mean? but that's what makes it so unique. It's not a situation that anyone was talking about. Yeah. So it's like if right yeah. now, in our present day, <laughs> Year of Our Lord, 2022. Right. If, you know, you can't really talk about this relationship, this is not someone you're with, this is not someone that's significant enough in that regard to you, it's like, don't even mention it. You can't spin the block again. You can't call her and say, hey, you know, it's a violation. It definitely is a violation. Why and, and is it a violation, though, Akilah? Like, because what you... you don't have that type of access.
access to mm -hmm. me. Let's keep it personal. Right, you don't have right. that type of access to me anymore and we kind of agreed to mm -hmm. separate and right. we're moving on. We don't even know the depth of this relationship. Mm -hmm. It could have been just bags and, right. bags and that's it. Yeah. And to me, don't talk about that's it. what I think it is. To me, it yeah. looked like it was just very, you know, maybe transactional a little mm -hmm. bit yeah. and not a committed, serious relationship. So it's not, if it's not a reference to a serious relationship mm -hmm. and a guy's like, hey, tell me about your past yeah. relationships right. and why they yeah. didn't work out, then I might indulge and but tell you. But you see, you. even with that, you're saying it's not serious because he said it. He's the one controlling the narrative. Uh -huh. You mm -hmm. who knows? It could have been very serious, but he's the one who put the cat out the bag and is saying, like, okay, watch it and all that, this and that. Yeah. So now we all have this assumption that it was transactional right. and it wasn't more. Well, because it's how it was. To know that. I mean, right. she's never spoken about this. Exactly. So, and we have to remember, mm -hmm. I mean, this was 20 years ago. So, I mean, <laughs> right. do you feel that there's a statute of limitation when it comes uh, to bringing yeah. up yeah. your yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. It's called the morning after. <laughs> <laughs> that part. Okay. But even at that, I do feel like it's a statute of limitation. Like, something mm -hmm. that happened 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Like in your early 20s, come on, we know that mm -hmm. we always, you know, sometimes we make little decisions that we might not want to bring back up 20 years in our 40s. We wouldn't want to talk about those people. And it's just like the IRS, like the it falls off your credit report in seven years <laughs> yeah. ago. Right, why are you right. bringing it's it like, up why two decades later? Yeah. Right, yeah. I agree with you. It's like, why bring it up? That's like mm -hmm. talking about money that you had, but you don't even got it no more. <laughs> right, exactly. Why are you talking Once about it? What a lot of people, though, what a lot of people, though, are finding kind of disturbing about this is because there was this age gap between the two of them and right. it's like for you to come on you know television 20 years later yeah. talking about this and I mean at the time she was 19 20 years old and so people in the comments are, are saying that too and mm -hmm. I have to agree because as somebody like I like older guys I've always okay. dated older guys Nothing wrong with that. Right? but even in my younger now that mm -hmm. I'm in my early 30s I look back at my early 20s and I'm like or even teenagers mm -hmm. I'm like oh I shouldn't have been talking to a guy that old and that is kind of creepy to me now mm -hmm. you make like, a mistake yeah, yeah and I feel like it's almost stuff? predatory. Like, yeah. are you trying to, like, coerce me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Or take advantage of my young, impressionable mind. But not only that, just like how you said back at that time, mm -hmm. he was in a power position. Yeah. Imagine somebody yeah. selling you dreams. Like, mm -hmm. you excited in that mm -hmm. moment. Y'all both are in music. You can talk about it. Well, let's yeah. not forget that he was also married. Like, I yeah. also dated older right. men as well. Yeah. I know when I was fresh in my 20s, right. like, you know, I dated someone What's that older? was 12 years older oh. than me. 12 okay. years older. Do the math on the, on your own. <laughs> 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 but what I what it was very conscious. So mm -hmm. I want to say it was a very conscious decision, something I stand on even now. Mm -hmm. But the reason we ended is because he said he was feeling like he got the pressure that he wanted to avoid by dating someone younger. Wow. He, you know, and so this is something, there's a lot of things going on. You mentioned the power play Tory, the fact that obviously he's older, the fact that he's married. Well, you bring up this marriage, so though, and I think yeah. it's important to know that a lot of people on the outside, and I'm not excusing any sort of infidelity, but mm. what goes on in an inner marriage, I mean, you know, you never know the workings. I mean, sometimes people have certain deals that are worked out that maybe somebody can go off and have extra partners, right? Yeah. But the thing is, is that when I look about this, you know, situation with a young person who could be very impressionable, not taking away any liability that, you know, she may have in the situation, but it's like you're bringing this up and it's like you're almost holding it over my head like I still have this. Yeah. And it's a power play. Yeah. And I think that's what's really manipulative about it. Yeah. It's very well, manipulative. And I yeah. want to add in about the marriage part, like with it being, it's, Ashanti's business, but it's also his wife's business. Yeah. So it's like, you don't know what face or a, what trauma or what... in this contract. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. just yeah. be bringing up everybody's yeah. business. To hear it, you relive that trauma, it's of like, course. why? Exactly. I don't another, understand. Comment, another comment did say, though, it's his business as well. So, like, yeah. why do you think guys mm -hmm. talk about it? Because he yeah. probably had a right. No, I think he true. kind of had a right. I feel like the guys bring it up. As far as, like, the social hierarchy, like, I feel like guys bring it up when new people come around and they feel like they want to be relevant. They want to maintain that, so they'll bring up 
old money they had or old women mm -hmm. they used to yeah. have sex with. And let's keep it in real. Order to, yeah, yeah, let's keep yeah. it real. Like, if Ashanti's still very fine, fabulous, yeah. touring, uh -huh. banking, and bringing in bank, yeah. and relevant. Yeah. Free, you're, you're talking about the clout-chasing element of it. I mean, yeah. I feel like that there's a double standard here because if, the, if a woman goes on and brags about the men that yeah. she's been with or even just talks about one at a public level, yes. right. I mean, People might shaming. call you a slut. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk about that side. It's, it's definitely very a double standard, but I feel like it's more, it's sexist, and I agree, but yeah. I think it's double standard in terms of how we use it. Because mm -hmm. men definitely use it, I think, more so to stroke their ego. Mm -hmm. yeah. But women, I feel like we use it as, like, a mating call. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, really? you know, I got that wop. He, he, he want to <laughs> do all this for me. <laughs> but we, the difference between us and men, uh -huh. we don't share names. And I think that's what makes it Cloudy. that slut-shaming piece or that clout. But we talk about it. Come yeah. on, yeah. Hold on. We talk about it. Because there are are some women who go out about that for sure but let, let's go back into the comments because this yeah. one really you know caught my attention here right. it takes it to another level this person here saying you know she's for the streets this is in reference to Ashanti truth was told and, and I think that's totally unfair that, that is unfair, unfair because for him like you said it's another notch on his belt yes. to mm -hmm. say that he's been with her but it we're slut shaming her just because she was associated and she wasn't even the one bringing it up you, or mentioning that's it exactly right. it I feel like when girls are of or women are of a certain caliber that a man cannot attend anymore mm -hmm. what you can hold on to is the fact that okay no matter it doesn't matter I still hit that it's but, like a, it's like a you know a high school basketball star in his 40s well, still talking about it. You know this what I mean? user here who you know has no chance has no chance of ever even getting with Ashanti right. I think there are a lot of men here who fantasize about getting of with course. these high status women and they can't so they have to say oh she's for the streets anyway that's why I can't have her you know and I think that's that whole fox and the sour grapes you know yeah. right but if the tables right? were turned and a, and a woman was out saying hey I slept with this guy and this mm. celebrity, then we would be bashing mm -hmm. her. Bashing. We would be saying, why is she kissing? Guys would be like, oh, she's a slut, to pass mm -hmm. her around, you know what I'm saying? But that's so, what I'm saying, he didn't say that she was passed around. He yeah. said that he was with her mm -hmm. during that time. So how was she mm -hmm. for the streets? Now, <laughs> we usually have a little bit more time for other topics, but I guess Irv Gotti's dominating our comments today. So, <laughs> all right, coming up next, we go behind the sex scene with one of P-Valley's most talked about stars. But first, we put some respect on Queen Ashanti's name as we go out with one of her greatest hits. That's why they call me Lil Murder. Prove it down. You got a fetish for my love. I'll push you out and you come right back. I'll see you again and play Woo, okay, y'all. This season of Stars P Valley is giving me all the yes. feels. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff, and I am so excited to kick it off with our next guest. Ladies, I'm really excited to introduce him. He is a thespian, percussionist, husband, and father. Black love and mental health advocate. Y'all okay. give it up for Jay Alphonse Nicholson, a.k.a. Lil Murder. <laughs> What's up, good people? Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. Alphonse, let's jump right in on this season of P Valley. Lil Murder's character has been taking us on a very emotional roller coaster, talking about love, 
sex, and trap music. Please explain how you mentally prepare for each style of these scenes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a roller coaster indeed. I think it's really no way to prepare for it other than the way I prepare for any other character, which is just come in knowing my lines, knowing my work, knowing what it is that I want to convey to the audience, knowing my inner monologue, as I like to say, what's not being said. I think that's that's important, what's being conveyed with the eyes. And most importantly, just breathing. You know, when you walk onto that set, you all know that you're sitting on set right now. If you're not breathing, it ain't gonna flow right. So just breathing <laughs> yeah. and being in the right mental, being in the right mental space to understand the work that I'm about to do. But uh, you know, the work that Katori Hall creates, it's hard to be prepared for. You know, the emotional journey that your body's gonna go on. So sometimes you just gotta let it happen, and that's why y'all see me cry so much. I've been so, <laughs> you know, into it because you just gotta allow it to happen. Regardless, the talent is undeniable. So clearly, on P Valley, you play a very controversial role as a down low rapper from the South. But in real life, you're married. Not only are you married, but you're married to a black woman. <laughs> I want to know about her. Like, how does she react to your scenes, your intimate scenes, the intricacy of the movements? Even most recently, you and Uncle Clifford got, you know, real heavy and heavy in Chocolisa. How, did, how does your wife respond to things like this? Well, shout out to my pretty baby, as I call her. I got all types of names for my Buddha. Nafisha Nicholson is my wife's name. Beautiful. And she is just incredible. She's the strongest woman I've ever met. And that's prior to P-Valley. You know, I knew she was built for the lifestyle that I was going to create for myself as far as an actor and a storyteller prior to any of it, you know, really happening. She caught me at the very beginning of my career. So we, we've been prepared for this. And then she was there every step of the way, you know, that happened with P-Valley from the time I met Katori to, you know, the conception of Lil Murder and everything that he is now. It's rare that you meet people as strong as Nafisha, but I'm grateful that I have her in my corner. People are not prepared for what we've shown this season. And because it's taboo, you know, we don't really get inside the, the bedrooms and the minds of people who look like Lil Murder or Uncle Clifford. You know, you may make certain assumptions. Um, so I would just say that she's been able to handle it obviously better than most. <laughs> and you know, Jay, we love P-Valley, but one of my favorite shows of all time is The Wire. And when I think of dynamic portrayals of black men in the LGBTQ community, I think of the late, great Michael K. Williams and his iconic role as Omar Little. And even though Michael K. Williams did not identify as gay, I mean, he put on for the gay community in a huge way. I mean, what, if any, influence did Michael K. Williams have on your career and particularly this role? An incredible an artist, you know, an incredible human being. I had a, a couple opportunities to kick it with Michael. He hung out on the set of P-Valley with us first season. Also in New York, we, we kicked it a few times, but just an incredible artist. And I just love the way that he portrayed any of the characters that he, that he portrayed on screen. He always gave it his all. And so that inspires me as, an, as a thespian to, you know, be truthful to the work. And, and to try your best to ignore, because he dealt with a lot too, you know, with Omar and The Wire, but you do your best to ignore all the, the hate that comes with it and, you know, make sure you indulge the love and sit in the love. So I learned that from him, because he was always a loving person. When you came across him, he had a smile on his face, he was laughing, he was, you know, had a great story to tell and just good energy. And so uh, if I picked up anything from Michael K, that's what it was, it's just be yourself and be, be true and be, you know, be love, be a light.
I'm so glad that you said that. And let's get back to your character, because we have to ask, as a fan, speaking on behalf of all fans, is there a little, little murder in you? And I'm talking about that cannabis strain. I'm not a smoker, but this Fonzie's got me thinking maybe I might we need to try, try some of that. <laughs> yeah, tell Big us about bag. it. Big Fonzie, you know. And uh, so shout out to Ball Family Farms, Black-owned cannabis company here in LA, who I'm a brand, proud brand ambassador of. And, uh, you know, we collaborated and created the Fonzie, which is my first strain, my first step into the cannabis industry. I believe in the medicinal properties of this plant. I believe in, um, you know, having anxiety and needing a, a solution for that, needing something to calm your anxiety, to help relax your mind. And so the Fonzie does just that. Hey. And, uh, you know, yeah, that's something I, Lil Murder and I have in, in, <laughs> in common. I love that. I'm not a rapper, but I'm a drummer. Uh, you know, I was a street drummer for many years in New York. A lot of people know me for that. But I played the drums my entire life. So when it comes to being musically inclined, that's very much in me. And so that's kind of how the rap is able to come off so authentic just because I'm, you know, I'm a, I have a lot of rhythm and then I spent time, I grew up in an all black neighborhood. I went to an all black high school. So we was freestyling at the, at the, in the cafeteria, at the lockers. I think the thing you'll notice about me and the characters that I play is you'll always see a little piece of J. Alphonse in there. You always see, you know, in Self Made when, with Tiffany Haddish and, and, and Octavia Spencer, you saw that little silly side of me. You know, you get a chance to see that goofy uh, side of me and then in Just Mercy with Michael B. Jordan. We saw this very somber and kind of just dropped in part, emotional part, which is part of me as well. I'm an emotional guy. So you see a little bit of me and all my characters, but Lil Murder, yeah, we, we doing a lot of smoking. <laughs> we freestyling We doing all that, you know? And I, I enjoy a strip club. I'm from the South, so I enjoy a strip oh, yeah. club. Oh, yeah. We like a good strip club. Yeah. Well, Alphonse, I'm glad you touch on the music because, you know, I'm a DJ, and here on BGS, we like to do our research, and we did learn that you had a past in music. I also was on the marching band. Can you tell us more about, like, how you still, like, do your drumming thing? I know you still post things on YouTube. Can you tell us how, like, you got into it? Like, everything. I grew up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Shout out to the CAC. And shout out to my high school, Dudley High School, <laughs> which is notoriously known for its marching band. You know, high step and marching band. So I was on the drum line. Yeah. I played the Quince. Then eventually I went on to play collegiate just for a little bit in North Carolina Central University. Okay. Wow. Okay. And, uh, yeah, shout out to But Central. did y'all win any competitions? Yes, right. Did y'all win though? Did y'all win the markets? We used to do marching band competitions. Did right. y'all win? Did right. you win? Oh, Della used to win. Della, we used to we used to go at it, you know, and I don't know, I don't know how old y'all are, but I was in high school, you know, the culture was still real big. It, it still is now, high step and marching band. So I but yeah. I started playing drums in the too. church. Shout out to my mom for having me, you know, really pouring into my passion as a drummer uh, growing up. And then, you know, eventually, yeah, playing in, in a marching band in high school. And then I did some like bands outside of school too. I played in a rock band one time when I was living in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And so okay, being exposed to it on all levels. Okay, you don't miss a beat. I know, literally, you don't miss a beat. And we will be sure to check you out and make sure all of our BGS fans check out P-Valley on Stars and all their streaming platforms, you guys. And it was so great to have you in the Black Girl Stuff house. Alphonse, we have to have you in person next time, okay? And until then, you can count on us to be rooting for you the entire way. And you guys, coming up next, we're playing Cupid, okay? You do not want to miss this after the break. You know, I always say, give me an average man with medium self-esteem. Not above average with high self-esteem. Because I got high self-esteem, so we can't both have high self-esteem. So We're going to clash. Be... Just be level. Average I mean... looking, 
and medium self-esteem. Something like that, you know? Okay. Well, welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. Ladies, we are absolutely in a state of emergency when it comes to finding <laughs> Mr. Right. And because Black Love Matters, we decided to bring in the top expert. That's right, and with her 90% success rate, please welcome the middle-class licensed matchmaker, Ms. Shay Primus, to the show. Hey! Hey, Katie! Hey, yes. Thank you. Yes. Shay, you call yourself the middle-class matchmaker. What does that mean? Well, the middle class makes up 62% of the American population. So most people are middle class. Mm -hmm. And my business caters to the majority of people. Yes. yes. So matchmaking historically has been for the elite, like millionaires, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. celebrities. And yeah. I wanted to make sure that Everybody. I had a business that catered to more people than that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> it's so important because, I mean, you know, recent census data shows that almost half of black women in the United States have never been married. Yeah. I mean, what's oh. your take on that? Also, half of black men have never been married either. <laughs> right. I mean, so that's where we come in. Yeah. I mean, so where do these people find love? Exactly. It, and that's what's happening. They're on dating apps, and a lot of people aren't taking it, taking those seriously. They're mm -hmm. hooking up, yeah. but yeah. not having <laughs> like any love tonight. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Well, so this is where matchmaking comes in. Mm -hmm. So, because when you're on apps, you're just like, oh, he's cute, he's cute, swipe, swipe. She's ugly, she's yeah. ugly, swipe. But you're not <laughs> looking for compatibility. What makes these two people work? Why right. will they work? And mm -hmm. I put those people together. It's not necessarily somebody that you would choose. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'm choosing oh, for wow. different okay. reasons. Yes, yes. absolutely. I know real quick, I just, because when you think of middle class, and I know you said it represents over 60% of the population, that's a huge, like, age wrap or salary, yeah. salary gap. Like, yeah. What do people think when it comes to your prices? Have you ever heard any negative feedback? What's your response? Because I know, you know, you're in the Ks. You're in the couple thousands. I am in, <laughs> so I am in the Ks, but yes. I will tell you, I am the cheapest matchmaker. Okay. I <laughs> am. Like, on our show, on Love Match Atlanta, mm -hmm. I am by by far the cheapest matchmaker. In 90% so. success. I have okay. a okay. Okay. I'm worth it. Okay. 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 The price is the price. The price that. is right, yeah. <laughs> I love, love that. No, I think that's, that's so important, but when you talk about compatibility specifically, Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Can we, you know, talk about that? Because I'm thinking, you know, middle class. Yeah. But what if I'm a woman who's middle class, but I want a millionaire? Well, most people do. Let's just be realistic, because you're talking about 1% of the population. Right. Now, they do exist. I'm not saying they don't but 1% of them yeah. exist. So you got to think, when you're at the 1%, mm -hmm. you're, you have the pick of the litter. You get to mm -hmm. choose what you want, and those people tend yeah. to choose specific traits that maybe most of us don't have. You saying they're not going to choose me? I'm saying <laughs> it's possible, <laughs> but you might want to yeah. put your eggs in another basket <laughs> just in case. Well, Shay, when you talk about compatibility, like, a lot of black women out there are looking for that. What's one thing that they can look at when they're dating to say or know mm. this person mm -hmm. is compatible for me? Yeah, I think one key thing is how you feel about children. Mm -hmm. Do you want children? Because you don't want to ever mm -hmm. get into a relationship thinking you're going to change somebody's mind mm -hmm. on whether they want children or not. That's mm -hmm. one thing. That's uh, spirituality, if that's important for to sure. you, yeah. Yeah. don't get into a relationship thinking you're going to change. Mm -hmm. Don't change anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever that's they are, yeah. yeah, whatever they are is what they are. But yeah. Shay, okay, hold on. Let's get back to the money, okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> can we just take it back there? What are, I mean, what are black millionaires looking for? I, I might have some of these things. Right. <laughs> Let's get specific. So I, I don't want to generalize them because yeah. everybody's different. Of course. Right? So if I have, I had millionaire clients. What are they back. looking for? I had one, he, he specifically wanted a woman who was very fit. 
she had to be um, very slim, though. He wanted, like, slim, petite, fit. Yeah. Not, not it's, petite. Uh, not I'm thick. I can't do that. <laughs> I know. So yeah. some of them are, like, like super picky. So is it just superficial? I mean, are there other qualities that these men are looking for? Are they looking for the more traditional caretaker role for a woman? Or will they take a boss be like me, you know who's worked all her life yeah. and has earned everything that she has? So you gotta think, these men don't need you for your money. They don't okay. care what you right, do. Right. So uh -huh. most of them don't want you to do anything. Oh. They're really, you could be a waitress. They could care less. Right. Really they important. have all the money. It sounds like they oh, want you to be an accessory. That's like how they were too. raised, yeah. too, that give them the idea of like what they're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That definitely yeah. influences. Before the money. Absolutely. Right. That definitely okay. influences. Well, let's get into yeah. the nitty-gritty here, okay? Because, you know, <laughs> uh, a previous person that, you know, I dated, it was a very serious thing. You know, um, they struggled with some severe mental issues, oh. depression. Mm -hmm. And I know that you have all of your clients evaluated by a trained psychologist. Absolutely. And I know that's so important that. to your Super process. Can we kind of get through that? Yeah. I mean, explain it to us. Before I sign anybody up, the first step is that they see this therapist. And why this is important to me is because, mm. one, I'm a proponent for mental health, yes. and I think everybody needs to be evaluated. But two, I have to make sure that you're not gonna flip out on me or flip out <laughs> yeah. on my clients. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. just be real. If you're if you're mentally if you're not mentally stable, we're not gonna have a good relationship either. I'm gonna be working with you. I need to know how how you are mentally. But also, I have matched people before I had this process. I've matched someone um, with a client. And this person was not mentally stable. She showed up at his job at 3 a.m. Oh, wow. I need to know how oh, you. Wow. I need to know that you are mentally oh. and emotionally stable before <laughs> I introduce you to one well, of my clients. Important. What it's specifically important. makes somebody, you know, just completely unacceptable to receive your services? Because I know everybody uh, needs love, but then there's some people where you're like, no, nah, I can't do that. Absolutely. Right. Red flags for me would be if you have um, substance abuse issues, mm -hmm. alcoholism, you know, anything like that. That's yeah. a red flag. If you have a previous background with abuse, whether it's abusing children or abusing yeah. women. Men yeah. or men, you know, that's not going to work. Um, also, if people are not clear on their, if you're not self-aware, if you mm -hmm. think that you're perfect and yes. you have, you, mm. you're bringing everything to the table, because the truth is, nobody's perfect. Okay. Oh, you're triggering okay, so much. Okay, let's get into this matchmaking, okay? So, yeah. I am your co-matchmaker okay. okay. today. Oh, God. Okay. 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 And all of my co-hosts filled out your dating questionnaire. Yes. Oh, my and I want to know, what are your thoughts? Let's oh, see. No. Let's get to the nitty-gritty. Are we ready right. to talk Are we ready? Okay. Are we ready today? Are, are they ready? Come on. Um, I would say that all of them need uh, coaching first. This is all anonymous. Let me tell you, this is okay. all anonymous. But I already know which one um, is yours just because you kept mentioning money so much just Wait. in this last... Anything about money on mine. I was, just, you know, I'm just this talking about my, my sisters who want that Wait, money. Okay, well, yeah. okay. Well, that's the answer. We'll tell you. I'm gonna keep it anonymous just to be. We might say it. We might say it. Okay, who said that a deal breaker was bad at sex? Oh, I did. Okay. And I don't think that's a bad deal breaker. I just, I just like. But you also didn't think you had anything to work on. Oh. And that is a Wait, red flag. Did I say, I, yes. <laughs> no, I did it. That's yes. not me. It, was it, it says, what else? What that else to we me got? is a red flag because we <laughs> have to understand that nothing, we're not perfect. We always, whoever said that is sex. Whoever said that. We didn't share quizzes. I have no idea. Okay. But I think that wasn't me, though. Like, I did say bad at sex. I have to mm -hmm. admit because, I mean, come on. I'm Nobody a wants woman. that. Like, I get it. We don't have time for that. No, I get it. Tell us another red flag from somebody else. Somebody else said, which I think this is cool, like not having, um, 
ambition that not being me. yeah that's that good okay, yeah, that's you can you can what was another one they another one said that a deal breaker would be having an addiction or live, having a bad relationship with their mom oh, i think that's yeah. me oh, too so that ambition was me that's me i said this is i said i can't do a bad relationship with your mom or if your family struggles with addiction yeah that was you okay they have a lot of trauma to heal there and the no the no ambition goes many ways i feel like we hear no ambition and we say career but it's also like if you don't have any ambition for me that means i'm not going to get random you know cards or random gifts or yeah. think notes of appreciation yeah. or good sex if you don't have ambition for that <laughs> stuck on and that. all of it's needed and all of it it's needed i never said that i don't have anything to work on i never <laughs> said that i said that i give you the ultimate passion Ooh. oh, oh. oh. I told about, <laughs> that's what i bring to the table there's anyone on here that would not be a candidate for my services. Okay, Honestly, okay. I would coach everybody because I do coach. Maybe Me some then. people would get yeah. longer coaching sessions than others, <laughs> okay. but everybody would get coaching before I, I start love it. matching. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, you know where I mean I'm new to Atlanta, so now yeah. I'm like, Yeah, come to me, girl. I got I'm ready. you. I'm yes. ready. Okay. I got you. Where are the top two places that women should go to meet men? Sports bars, cigar bars. I'll just name Ooh. two. Times. Okay, Shay, we're gonna get these girls Let's together. We're gonna make sure my girls are taken care of. And Shay, thank you for blessing the BGS house. We'll be back with another love doc, okay? Young Jock makes a BGS house visit when we return. Somebody that ain't, that ain't no I my mama and another So it's your father losing his multi-million dollar business for listen, another You checking on listen, him. Listen. You ain't checking oh, on me. Oh, let me talk. But you let me talk. On... Let me talk. H1's Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, where it's always going down. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Joining us is the one and only Young Jock. Welcome to our house, Jock. Yes, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Thank yes. you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so Jock, we're going to jump right into this. You know, we face many challenges with our kids being a parent. Right. And last season, we witnessed firsthand on that you face a couple of obstacles you. with your son. Has your relationship gotten better with him? Like, how is it going? It actually has a whole lot, man. Yeah, that's what I'm going to hear. Um, he, he called me about a month ago. We talked regularly, but uh, but particularly this one phone call touched me. He was just like, Dad, I want to, you know, get with you when you got some time. I'm like, cool. So we hooked up, whatever, just hung out. And um, he said, man, it's real out here. I was like. It is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It is. You just figuring this out. <laughs> and uh, so it was that. We, we had to come to Jesus moment, you know what I'm saying, without it being forced, mm -hmm. and he initiated it. And I think that's that's one of the first signs of regurgitation. Yeah. What yeah. I've given you, he, now he's finally starting to right. give it back like that. And I'm like, that sounded like something I said. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it felt good. It's like, okay. It's stuck. He receiving it. Because outside of our natural DNA mm -hmm. that we transfer through our children, there's a social DNA as well. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we talk about it enough because when we communicate, it has to be something there. You know, we're transferring information, correct? Yeah. Of course. And what is the substance of the information? What are you actually transferring? Because I could be a, I could be one of them dads to be like, yeah, whatever, we'll spend the block, but they say something about you, son. Right. <laughs> but I'm more like, son, listen, mm -hmm. let's think about tomorrow. Yes. Let's not get caught up in today. Right. So it, it just depends on that DNA that you transfer, and I'm glad, that social DNA, I'm sorry, and I'm just glad that 
he's starting to show that he is actually receptive to it. So. Do, you think, awesome. do you think that that social DNA has changed because you're a celebrity and being on shows like this? Do you think what you're giving him is different than what a normal black father would give? No. Okay. Not at all, because being on shows or um, being an entertainer, well, that, that has nothing to do with the way I was raised. Mm -hmm. So I'm transferring what was transferred to me. So my dad is Nigerian, and if anybody knows oh, anything about Nigerian, <laughs> tell pops what up. What's up with the foo foo pop? <laughs> but he's, you know, a disciplinarian, right? And yeah. so when I was growing up, it was hard to absorb a lot of that, you know, advice, and it, and it came in a very strict, very firm manner. It was always no, so it created this distance when I was younger with my dad, because I didn't want to go to him with anything, because I knew the answer was no. Right. And so when I think about that, and I see your son, I mean, it's like breaking through to a young person like that who's coming into their own. Mm -hmm. You know, past adolescence, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a difficult task. What would you give in terms of advice to young parents who are going through the same thing right now? Mm -hmm. So always keep in mind, because we always forget. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We think because we were once that age, mm -hmm. right? we were different. Right. Yeah. You always see your parents say, oh, see, we was different when we was your age. Yeah. Oh, of course you were. Times were different. Times. Right. Society was different. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would tell any young parent, man, listen, like my son is 22 now. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I got a 22-year-old child. You know what I'm saying? It's a grown-ass man, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I would tell anyone, always stop what you're doing in the midst of your emotional mm -hmm. rant or this emo emotional turmoil Take the time to recollect. Mm -hmm. Remember your conscious space you was in right. at that time when you was having those moments. Because you ain't no angel. No. I, don't care who, I, don't, I don't care if you was raised by no. saints. You're still not an angel. Yeah. You've done something that wasn't supposed to be done in your life. And I would tell a, a young parent, take your time when it comes to parenting. Because every child, every person is their own individual. And the code that works on this child may not work on this child. Even though it's like a universal remote, you can do, do, yeah. do, you pro but you, but you have to program this remote yeah, to ro work for this TV, and you have to program it to work possibly for this TV. Yeah. Well, we gotta get into the juicy stuff, though, <laughs> I know you give us all, you mean, yeah. you're just a wealth of information here, but you know, we hear about you getting married this season. Mm -hmm. All right, so yeah. we gotta ask you why Thank now, you. and how are things going? The why now? Uh-huh, yeah. please, why now? Why now? <laughs> So I was married for 12 years. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm not new to this, right? But are you true to this? Right. I'm true to this. Okay. When I met Kendra, she had this sternness about it, and I was like, okay. She ain't gonna take okay. it. Nah, not that she ain't gonna take it. She's not gonna play with it. Yeah. She, she's not gonna play with me. Right. I know I don't wanna play with her. I'm like, I, this is this is all right. It was something about the way she, she spoke about her family. Mm. How does she hold you accountable? In terms of, you know, your behavior, their difficulties, we talked about, um, you know, what you've been through in yeah. terms of past relationships, well, you know, looking forward, I mean. Because when you know somebody know better, mm -hmm. you hold them to a higher regard. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's like, there's a pun, there's a king. Mm -hmm. okay. There's rooks, there's knights, there's a queen. Mm -hmm. Okay, Chess. A pun, a pun, <laughs> you like, hey, man, I, this is what I expect out of you. Right. Yes. A king, mm -hmm. we ain't even got to talk about it, you know what I'm saying? Because the whole village expects a certain type of behavior. So for me, it was the way she treated her family. And I saw the love she had for her father. So it was a lot of times we would travel, she ain't got nothing to do for the weekend, and I'd be going past her way, and I'd be like, yo, 
if you want me to, to keep you from having to drive or fly, mm. you can ride with me. I'll take you see your family, and I'll come back and scoop you on the way back. And she'd be like, you do that for me? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And, that, and that was one of those things that kind of built that foundation that I knew I was like, for me to even feel like yeah. I want to do that for you, mm -hmm. it's a deeper type of love and respect. Yeah. So I went with the flow. You I can feel that. it in the way you the talk to yeah. Yeah. Like, So it's, it's yeah. amazing. We want to use this as a space to really clear up rumors as well. Right. So we know back in May this year, you know, you were arrested for right. child abandonment mm -hmm. and that, you know, there was issues there as well. Mm -hmm. But we recognize that also there's a lot of things that are said with the misdemeanor. When you think of child abandonment, there's a lot of things you think about, right? Well, well when you hear the so, word yeah. abandonment, here's the, here's the interesting thing. When it's you in the hot seat mm -hmm. and you know that it's abandonment, but you look at the news and it says endangerment, you're like, right. Yeah. well, wait a minute. They both sound bad. Right. But endangerment sounds even worse, right? Yeah. So you get, you get that cleared up. It's like, oh, it's not endangerment, it's abandonment. Yeah. You abandoned your child? No. That was a mix up with the courts basically going through the process of establishing child support. Right, and a lot of men deal with that. But it's a lot different when you're a celebrity. Yes. Mm. Because attorneys are involved. We want to see everything you got. We want to see where you, where you get money from. Oh, you, you do that? You, you charge people to, to do a drop for them on their Instagram? How much do you get from that? Because we want to we we tax that too. So it's a long process of waiting to get to a final number. And somewhere in there, while we waiting, we're trying to, you know, establish what we're doing. And the attorney, her attorney was able to go in and say that mm. I hadn't paid the child support. Yeah. And the question was to the court, what is the child support? If there's no child support order, but I've been paying this person. Right. So the judge was just like, well, maybe I'll just do this and it'll handle it. And I don't think that was fair mm. on me no. because right, right. I get stained with that. Ooh, you, ooh, yeah. you're yeah. a deadbeat. Ooh, exactly. you don't do yeah, for your kids. Exactly. But here I am right now in, in front of the whole world fighting for my, my, chi my yeah. children, my yeah. child. So, you know, it's one of those things that, and men, we have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like an, an accusation. It's, it's a stain. So, like, dealing with all of that publicly, how do you guard your children from news like this and just let them know, like, you know? You talk to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you have to help your children relate to the real. Because, mm -hmm. hey, do I love you? Yeah, you love me, Daddy. How often do I tell you no? <laughs> okay. right. yeah. When is something crazy? Right. Okay, so you see how the news is making me look yeah. from this mistake. Right. Guard your thoughts at all times. You gotta, you gotta talk to your kids like that because that's how the world comes at them. And now, Jock, what can we expect to see from you on the new season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta? <laughs> I say it right? You said Atlanta. it right. Atlanta. 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 Yeah, you put two N's in instead of the T-A. <laughs> you know, usually in my seasons of Love and Hip Hop, you know, I make, I make people laugh a lot. You know what I'm saying? I break the ice a lot. This is a little different season for me. Some real trials and tribulations played out right in front of the camera, in front of the world. So, um... Transparency. Yeah. A lot of that. Okay. Probably more than I've ever given in front of a camera. So right. this this particular season. It's personal for you. Different things with my family, my mom, my kids, mm. my wife, mm. side chicks that ain't even side chicks. Okay, I'm okay. saying. Okay. Okay. What I'm saying, if you want to call yourself a side chick and you ain't really my side chick, well, how, how do you want me to address it? You know what cloud I'm saying? Cloud chasing. Cloud chasing. There's a, a new term for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if it's clout. Sometimes, man, people be going through their own emotional rifts and, you know, mental health is real. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna just leave it. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk. Because I'm, I'm still talking about women. You know what I'm saying? It's black women. I don't, you know, we, 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 we talk mess about people, but, you know, sometimes I, I've, I've come to realize that people be going through stuff that you don't even realize. You think, like, oh, you crazy, or you looking for clout. Sometimes people really be having some mental breakdowns, and we don't, we don't point it out. We just say, oh, you tripping, you clout chasing. Nah person going through something, so. Oh, yeah. I like that you get like a spotlight on yeah. mental health, because that's so important. Yeah. You won't speak disparagingly about black women, and that's something we stand for on this show. So thank you so much. I cannot wait for to show, check man. out the new season. Love okay, Josh, well, we got to thank you so much for stopping by. You know, you are always welcome here. Make sure you check out the latest episode of Love & Hip Hop Atlanta. It airs on VH1 <laughs> on Mondays. And before we go, you already know it's going down. Hey. We'll be right back. <laughs> Explain to me what, what the light is to you, what the light represents. Freedom. Yeah. I love playing, though. It's, yeah. it's like, it's amazing. But, you know, it's like, I can't do this forever. So it's just like, sometimes you just want to try your best to enjoy the moments. Welcome back to Black Girl Stuff. That was our queen, Serena Williams. In the latest edition of Vogue magazine, Williams announces that she will be retiring after this year's US Open. We are going to miss her on the court. Yes, Aww. right? But the good news is our sis is retiring on a very high note. <laughs> Let me remind you that she has won 73 singles titles, 23 doubles titles, Ooh, four wow. Olympic gold medals, and 23 grand slams. I'm just Dang. losing my breath talking about <laughs> okay. period. Okay. okay, so forever she is the epitome of a BG boss. I mean, we're oh, talking yeah, about sure. the statistical dominance of Serena Williams. She yeah. is one of the greatest athletes yeah. mm -hmm. of all time. A beast. Right. Men and all yeah. women, okay? Right. Oh, 100%. Athletes. And let's just get into this bodysuit that she wore. She deserved to win a gold medal just for that yeah. reason. That bodysuit yeah. was a grand slam. That bodysuit was a grand slam. That bodysuit was purring, all right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Bree, we know you've got another boss who deserves some serious shine. Who do you have for us this week? Yes, y'all, let me tell you. So my BG boss this week is the none other, the one wonderful Jasmine Crow. Mm. She has made a tremendous impact in our communities by shedding light on hunger and food waste. Jasmine founded her own foundation, Gooder, right here in the ATL. And y'all know I love me an ATL queen. Yes. <laughs> Gooder collects surplus food from major organizations and then redirects the food to communities that are affected the most by food insecurities. And for the last five years, she has donated more than two million food items Ooh. across the world. The the world, not just the ATL, okay? So, Jasmine, we salute you as our BG Boss of the Week. We oh, gotta talk about amazing. how serious this is when it comes to food insecurity, especially in the black community, no, and how good Jasmine yeah. is doing. I mean, the Center of American Progress said mm -hmm. that black people specifically are amongst the highest when it comes to food, food insecurity. Fourteen percent yeah. more than white people, almost four percent more than our brown friends, you know, our right. Hispanic and it's population. To see that, mm -hmm. I mean, this is food that was going to be thrown away. Perfectly yes. good food, mm -hmm. and now you're feeding people and changing lives. So. I love yeah. that. Shout out Bri, to that's Jasmine. how you give back. Yeah, yeah that's, that's how, how you give back. On a global scale. And you know we've been giving back all episode. Yeah. So that's all we have for the show tonight. Until next time, y'all. Later. Oh, Good night. Good night. <laughs>
When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.